whether you're learning trapeze, whether you're learning bowling, whether you are trying to be a classical piano, scaling your business, it's the consistency over time. Mm. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So if you decide you want to do this, commit to it for the long haul and know that you may not be getting traffic for some time. Even Gary Vaynerchuk said when he did Wine Library early 2000s, maybe earlier, I don't remember when he did that, but he didn't have any viewers, but he just kept showing up. And that's really what success is all about. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Allison Maslin is a beloved global mentor who was the first person to urge me to do the obvious, which was to deep dive into podcasting. I love her for many reasons, and you're about to see some of them. But before we hear from Allison, let me ask you, Next Up Nation, have you monetized your podcast yet? Do you know the return on that investment? Well, the numbers don't lie, so let's take a look. I'd like to share our handy Power Podcaster audit to help you see what's going right and spot opportunities to adjust and improve your results. Download this eye-opening tool at nextstepnation.com slash mypodcast. Now here's the show. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency and founder of the Podcast Ignition System, and welcome to Next Up Nation, a weekly show that features industry influencers who share their successes and challenges to inspire, inform, and entertain serious podcasters. Thanks for listening. Today, I am so excited to welcome my friend, Allison Maslin, who is CEO and founder at Pinnacle Global Network the world leader in scaling businesses. Allison is also the author of Scale or Fail, a Wall Street Journal bestseller and endorsed by Damon John and Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank. Allison has built 10 successful companies and has an incredibly impressive client list. She's been featured in Inc., Success, Fortune, Fast Company, and Forbes magazines, is a regular contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine and featured expert on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, and Fox. And now we have her on Next Up Nation. Allison, yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tiffany, for inviting me on your show. I'm just so excited to have you here. Before you got here, I asked you, what is something that not a lot of people know about you? If they don't, they should probably follow you on Instagram because I love that this is part of your life. But you fly on the trapeze. I do. I've been doing that for over 20 years now. I'm going to be doing it later today. <laughs> I used to drive three or four hours each way per week for many years to train with a five-generation circus family. But three years ago, I had built a full-size trapeze rig in my backyard. So now I get to just walk out the back door, walk down like 50 feet and climb up the ladder. I love it. It is absolutely beautiful. I remember the first time I saw it, sending videos to my daughter and she was just floored. She thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point she doesn't have one in her backyard. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's wonderful. There's something about being up there is really like my meditation. Hmm. So I've never been really good, Tiffany, at sitting and just, I, yeah. I've tried it. I've tried it. But when I'm up there, I'm so in the moment. You have to be. It really forces you to just be completely present. And so 
it's more of a moving meditation and mm. really gives me an opportunity to face my fear and up my game continually. Awesome. Well, I love that. In fact, my next question was, are there things that you get from being on the flying trapeze that translate into how you are in business? A hundred percent. I find that if I can face my fear 35, 40 feet in the air, then I'm much more resilient on the ground because every time I climb that ladder and put myself out there and take the leap, I have my fear right in front of me, but I don't allow the fear to stop me. Mm. I also fall many times. We have a net. I've been injured many times because you have to know how to fall, right. but I get right back up and just, just like jumping back on the horse. Mm. And it's about in business, it's the persistence, it's the discipline, it is the consistency that gives you that solid catch, as they would say, in trapeze mm. and the solid win in business. I love that. I love that. That's so good. And you're just practicing that emotion and reaction too. Every time you go and do it on the trapeze, I'm sure when you're feeling it in business, having that automatic be go for it instead of shrinking back has got to be a big help. Yeah. Mindset is everything in business. True. Mindset is everything in trapeze. Yeah. Well, and now, Allison, with all these things that you do, you also are the host of a podcast. Mm -hmm. So can you just share a little bit about that? I'm actually host of two podcasts now. Very so, nice. Yeah. So the Scale or Fail show we've been running for the last 10 years. It used to be called Allie and You. Mm -hmm. And we started it back, actually 11 years. We started it back in 2009. So before podcasting was a rave. We were recording in a television studio and doing live stream before we had the ease of this type of equipment. And it was a lot more expensive than to be able to host your own podcast. So there have been many iterations to the show over the years, but it is seriously in business, one of my absolute favorite things and why I have continued to do it year after year. Then I'm the host of the WeBank podcast and WeBank is the largest certifier of women-owned businesses in the world and about 15,000 women-owned businesses that are certified in the United States. And so we started their podcast highlighting successful business leaders. We launched that in June of this year. It's been oh. a lot of fun. Nice, nice. And full disclosure, you are one of my mentors. You played a huge part in what I'm doing right now, making that decision and taking that leap. So I appreciate that wholeheartedly. With that, one of the things that you impressed on me a lot as I made that transition was just the power of podcasting. I knew it, but I just wasn't bold enough to actually grab it by the horns. But you were just there going podcasting, like everybody should be podcasting. I don't know if those are your exact words, but that was the impression I was getting. So tell me why podcasting? Why is it so powerful? So many reasons, so many benefits. You're getting into people's homes, their cars, you have direct access and you can target your ideal customer in a very low acquisition rate. You're not spending 
thousands of dollars on ad spend. I mean, you can do that to get the show out even further. It is a way to have a conversation and build a relationship with your avatar, with your ideal target audience. You are also at the same time positioning yourself as an expert of whatever that topic is. For you, it's a podcast about podcasting, but it could be about raising elephants. It doesn't matter. And everybody has some expertise. By the time they've gotten to a certain age, you have spent a thousand hours or 10,000 hours at least doing something that you're good at. So it really does widen the net for people to share their expertise. You don't have to have your own show on ABC television. You can start your own. You can be your own host, your own producer. But the biggest thing I think is for me, it's the relationships Mm -hmm. that I have built through my podcasts. And one of the main reasons I have added the WeBank one on there, because I know I get to interview, like you're interviewing me, I get to interview these amazing people for 30, 40 minutes. I get to ask them personal questions that I wouldn't normally ask if I'm just, hey, nice to meet you sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I still like to tape in person. We're not doing that right now with the pandemic going on. I used to go out to lunch with people after the taping. I have made the most amazing friendships, business relationships, and clients from my podcast. I agree. I I think that the relationships by far is the number one asset. Would you consider podcasting to have been profitable to you? Yes. I'm not selling products specifically on our podcast, although I could, we really haven't done that. However, I have had sponsorships and the biggest thing we we have had a lot of clients from Pinnacle, our private mentoring and mastermind that you've been in from people that have listened to the podcast either one time or over the years that have been followers of the show. So it definitely has been a lead in or funnel to for people to step up and work with us. So absolutely. It's kind of like my book. I'm, it's not that I make a lot of money from my book sales, but it's a door opener. Mm. And that will lead people to build that relationship, build that trust to then move forward with the yes, that they're a good fit. Yeah, it's like you get to empower them for the time that you're with them, that they're listening to you, and then you give them a solid next step. Like, okay, now you know it. So you have a handout to like, what's next for me kind of a thing. That's really good. And I want to talk more about scaling too. So I'm just going to ask a couple more podcasting questions. I think that your book and what you teach people about scaling, I think is phenomenal. So I I do want to get to that here in a minute. But one of the things when I was, one of the meetings that I was in with the group, it kind of blew me away. It was kind of that moment like, oh, I didn't even know anybody knew I was here kind of a moment when you said, yeah, the last time I was on Tiffany's podcast, I got off and I was just everywhere. And a lot of times I hear a lot of people ask me, why does it matter to put your content everywhere? And and one thing I always tell them is, well, when your guest is on and then they see themselves everywhere, it's easier to get guests, quite honestly. I feel like it's my duty really to do a good job 
with the promotion when someone's given of their time. But was that a surprise? I know you've been a guest on a lot of podcasts. What do you see when you're out there as a guest when it comes to the promotion afterwards? Yeah, I think what I noticed the difference with yours, Tiffany, is that we did the recording, you promoted it like most people do on Facebook, on Instagram, things like that. But generally, then it just lives on their iTunes or their Spotify. What I noticed about you was that you kept re-promoting it. Like over the year or two years, there would be like every three, four months, I would see it again. Mm. I think you're showing people how they can create longevity with their materials. It's not always about continually creating new content. It's how do you repurpose that content? And then it seemed that every time that you were promoting it, you were positioning it a little bit differently. You would talk about different things in the interview and so forth. Well, thank you. And that was very impressive because I think sometimes it takes a lot of organization to get around that and to have a regular system to make sure that these things are continuing to be rebroadcasted. Yeah. And that's actually, that's where our system was born, was out of what we've done over the years and In fact, I haven't done anything with that podcast in the last few months because we're working so hard on our system and on Next Step Nation, but I just got a report from like the downloads and things and our last week's downloads were more than double any of my highest week ever. Wow. So it just really shows the power of the reach. You still Mm -hmm. are out there. Now, having said that, a lot of it has to do with is embedded in our website. You can find it different places, but just so like you said, there are so many things about podcasting that are awesome. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And I think too, Tiffany, I mean, you are an expert at this. This Mm -hmm. is your thing. You're great at it, at actually putting them on the podcast and then marketing it. So I think that people that are following you and learning from you, it's just super smart. I mean, podcasting is the wave of the future, but it is the wave of now because in the time that we are in right now, everything is moving to digital and why not learn from the best? So for those of you that are listening, right, I'm just, I'm giving uh, (laughs) Tiffany props right now because (laughs) I think it's a lot of fun doing it, but you want to do it right. And then the other piece I would say is you've got to stay consistent with your podcast. There was probably eight months that nobody was really listening to our podcast. And I think that's where a lot of people quit, but yeah. you have, you just have to stay with it. And over time, you'll people are like, Oh, I heard that interview. You're like, <laughs> wow, you listen. <laughs> I know it's like, you try to do, be all cool. Like, Oh, of course you. Wow, you did. Like, That's yay, so great. <laughs> well, and thank you so much for what you said about that. That means a lot. So I appreciate it. So, well, let's talk a bit about scale or fail. I feel like it applies so much to podcasting because a lot of podcasters, I feel like more podcasters are catching on to the power of being able to delegate. So they're starting to get bits and pieces of that where it seems like even six months to a year ago, we're telling people what podcasting was <laughs> and why yeah. they would want to do it. And now we're having more of a conversation about, yeah, I have a team doing it. We just have to develop the 
operating procedures and such. But I really want to talk a little bit about scale or fail and the concept behind it and why it's useful, specifically if you're trying to influence the world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, scaling really means how do you get to the masses with the same amount of energy that it would take to talk to one person with the same amount of bandwidth and an investment. And I believe podcasting is a perfect example of scaling because here you and I are having a one-on-one conversation, but the potential is that you could have millions of people get this message. Mm. And scaling is all about what is your one to many? How do you take your message, your product, your service, duplicate it, replicate it into a system, duplicate it, and then have it grow beyond you. Mm. And so you do this one time with me for that 30, 40 minutes. And of course, there's more background work that you need to do or your team can do. And then you get it out there. And after a while, with the right systems in place, there's a tipping point and things begin to grow. Like you said this last week, you had your best week ever. So that's a great example of scaling. Yeah. Well, and do you want to just briefly go through the phases of scale and fail? I know you've broken it down. And regardless, when we say influencers or experts, it could be somebody who's just really trying to do everything on their own, right on up to people who it runs itself and they just show up for the interviews, which is where we all want to be, right? We just want to show up and go, hi, I'm going to talk to people on podcasts. Okay, peace out. I'm gone now. (laughs) So could you just give us an overview of that? Yes. So there are five phases to scaling your business and five components to scaling your business. So the five components of scale, which is an acronym for scale, are strategic vision. So you need to have a vision where you're going. Cash flow. You need to drive cash flow through marketing, sales, finance. Alliance of the team. You need to have a team so that you can replicate you and have a life and grow the business beyond you. The L is leadership. You need to know how to lead a team, build a strong company culture, work on your mindset. E is execution and where the rubber meets the road. So you have to have all those five components to really scale your business. And then the phases of scaling, phase one, I call the seeker. And that's when you're just getting started. Like you're excited, you're passionate, you've got this idea, you want to launch this podcast, you want to launch this business, but you're doing everything. And then phase two is the pioneer. That is where you're really getting your hands dirty out on the plains You are more clear about your target audience. You have a decent amount of sales happening right now. You might have a few employees, like you might have a marketing person or an assistant, a bookkeeper, even if they're freelance, but you're still having to approve everything that goes in and out of your business. And a lot of business owners get here and it's great, but it's a phase. You need to move on to the next phase because if you're having to approve everything going in and out of your business, you're the bottleneck mm. and you can't grow. Phase three, I call the ringleader because it is a circus in phase three because you really start to build the teams and you get more clear on your big picture vision, which is great. But oftentimes in phase three, we are being the boss and not the leader. And we are micromanaging. 
we're still too involved in a lot of aspects of the business, even though we're growing, even though we have employees. So again, you're still somewhat of the bottleneck. And once you start getting really clear on the type of company culture that you want to build and hiring appropriately for that and for the position of growth, then things start to shift, which moves you into phase four, I call the co-creator. And that is where you're working with the team and they are just as committed and passionate and they are asking important questions that need to happen to grow the company. Like, how do we increase profits? How do we create a better customer experience? And you start to see those people stand up as leaders Hmm. and they treat it as if it is their own business. And instead of just giving them the answers, you're saying, hey, you build this and run with it. You have a very different company. Like that's the kind of company we run in Pinnacle with 12 mentors that mentor our clients now and where it used to be me doing all of the mentoring, but I could only help so many people. Now I tap into the team and their genius and their ideas. It's a lot more fun that way. Yeah. And then phase five is the visionary. That's where you start to step back and you have a business that can run successfully without you, not a hundred percent, but you definitely don't need to be there on the day to day. Well, I love that. I think it's brilliant. I think everyone should read your book for sure. So does your podcast, is the theme along those lines of like, can you tell us a little bit about your show and how that correlates? So if someone reads your book and they're like, well, I want more of this, what is your podcast about? So the podcast is called The Scale or Fail Show to go with the brand. And we are all things scaling. So scaling can be multiplying your growth in your business and in your life. But generally, the guests that we have on fit in this idea of how do we multiply the growth? How do we move it beyond you? So I had somebody recently, Dennis Brown, who is one of the experts on LinkedIn, and he has come up with a great strategy to scale your business through LinkedIn. I have had experts like Barbara Corcoran, like Damon John that we have on the show, and they have scaled many, many businesses. So it's the thing I love. I love business and I love to help business owners to get their gift out in the world in a big way. Hmm. And there is this idea that we've got to work 24 seven and grind it out. I just feel like that's a myth. You can't really grow your business that way without burning out. It has to grow beyond you. And that's really what the show highlights and what it's all about. That's so cool. Well, I feel like anyone who's listened to episodes prior to this one has heard Barbara Corcoran's name come up as one of my dream guests. So we'll have to talk about that later, but that's awesome. I know she was also at one of your events recently. I just think it's so cool. And I'm just going to break into and say one of the reasons that I was so attracted to Allison as a business person is the same thing that attracts me to Barbara Corcoran in that light is that as a woman being strong in the past, it always looked like you either were just being not feminine, like you had to, even if we looked pretty, we still had to kind of be badasses, like, which we kind of are still. But I love that you guys are so feminine. It's not like you have to give one up to have the other. We can be a woman and be 
a leader and a strong force without losing who we are at our core. I just love it. Yeah. I enjoy being a woman. And, um, <laughs> I like dressing up. I love all of those things that was being a woman, very feminine. I'm strong. I know what I want and I enjoy empowering others. I don't feel that I need to become something else or someone else to be able to step into that role. This is me. This is who I am in business and in my just everyday life. Well, it's funny because my daughter, I have a daughter and she's 23 and I always, like, and I hope all moms do this. Maybe you did this with your daughter too, but I always like, okay, that is a woman that you can look up to, like I would point yeah. out. And I remember Barbara Corcoran being like that. And then when I met you, I told her, like, I've got one more woman on my list Aww. that you can look up to. So I don't think we talk about it enough either. Just the side of, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not to make some woman's movement or statement. I just feel like we need to, when we see it, we should recognize it and have a minute and go, Thank you. That is what we're looking for. So I think it's great. I just think you're great. So oh, well, you're very sweet. And there's incredible women business owners out there and why I became the host and producer of the WeBank podcast too, because I really want to highlight these incredible women and what they're doing in the world. Mm. And I think there's become this fuel, this power behind the women business owner. And we've seeing record numbers of businesses open by women. And I think now with this pandemic and the way that we have gone digital, you're going to see a lot more of that because the women are able to manage their life, children, and to be able to have a business all at home and not just a hobby business, but a real business that they can scale. Yeah, I love it. Well, Allison, what triggered you to start your podcast in the first place? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think back when we decided to launch the podcast, it was totally new technology. In fact, we didn't even call it a podcast then. We called it an online show. Oh, okay. And nobody was doing it back then. I mean, really a few people. And as I said, it was in a television station. So it was paying the station. It was a live show. So you actually were on live. And even back then, I remember I got John Asaroff on the show and that's actually how I met him. And he came down to this television studio to do it. And it ended up, Tiffany, I will never forget. I was completely mortified. That night after the show, I had to catch a plane to go to a speaking engagement in like Colorado or something. And I get off the plane and I get a message from my team that they forgot to hit record. Oh, no. <laughs> on the show. So we never got to keep the show. <laughs> that was like unbelievable. Oh, and he was gosh. so nice. He came back and oh. we did it again. But um, <laughs> it's come a long way. I mean, back then it was just the visibility. Hmm. It was understood the power of marketing. I used to have an advertising agency and to be able to have those airways and get into people's homes. It's a lot easier now to do that. <laughs> you don't need a whole television studio. And so, yeah, I, I just feel like it's just a smart thing for business owners to do. And once you get the right systems in place, which is what you teach, it's actually fairly easy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's a ton of fun. 
Yeah. I yeah. really love it. That's another reason that I decided to do it. It's just you, fun. I know that a lot of people who are podcasting, I know in the group, more and more people in the group are podcasting. Do you at all feel, and I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but do you at all feel like podcasting is kind of like horse people where you either have the bug or you don't? Like you either are a horse person or you're not a horse person. You're either, you love podcasting or you just don't want to do it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you are an introvert, I think it's going to be a little harder, but who knows? I mean, people that are actors and actresses, a lot of time are introverts as well. So Mm -hmm. they kind of turn on like Johnny Carson apparently was a big introvert, Mm -hmm. but when he was on camera, he was on. So there's a lot of people like that. And I think there's some people when I would say to them, Hey, I think you should do a podcast. They had never thought of it. They thought, Mm -hmm. well, why would you do one for an engineering company or a staffing company? And then what I would say, well, you can position yourself at the top of your industry and bring amazing people on within your industry. Then they're like, oh, I had never thought of that. So I think they need some time to kind of wrap their brain around, oh, I could actually really do this. And it would help open a lot of doors that we have not been successful at doing so. Yeah, it's amazing. In fact, I just recently, if you look up on LinkedIn and anyone look up on LinkedIn and feel free to chime in, but I have a unicorn post of like, what are unicorn things that people wouldn't imagine being able to podcast about and tag your favorite person who has a podcast. And we're getting food supply chain people and oil and gas. So it literally is for any industry whatsoever. In fact, sometimes I'll have people just throw stuff at me, like give me a couple industries that you don't think it, that it would, it's actually kind of fun to strategize podcast show ideas. And I think they're the best because your competitors think the same thing. And so you get to bust out and be the one when suddenly you're at the forefront. Yeah. I mean, that shoots you to the top really quickly. And when you invite people on to interview, most people will say, yes, they like that. And they'll mm-hmm. be able to use that for their own marketing purposes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, awesome. So if someone looked up Scale or Fail, your podcast, which episode would you say that they should listen to first? What is the go-to first episode? Oh my gosh. First episode. Well, if you really looked back, it would be under Allie and You, because for years, that's what the show was called. And so I would look up Allie and you first to find some of those older, older episodes. And I had great interview from John Asaroff, that one that we had redone. Gary Vaynerchuk uh, was on the show. That was fantastic. I've had Ariel Ford, who's an amazing author as well, several times. And I recently, so now switching over to Scale or Fail when the book came out a couple of years ago, Grant Cardone. Mm. I interviewed and that was fantastic. Of course, Barbara Corcoran and Damon John that we were talking about. Another one, Vishen Lakiani, who's the founder of Mind Valley. Oh, he's just phenomenal. And we did a whole talk on company culture and building a team. Oh wow. And he's a force to be reckoned with for sure. So what is a piece of advice that you would give to even other experienced podcasters? that you feel would give them an edge? Gosh, that's a great question. I would say, are you really leveraging your podcast as far and wide as you can? Are you sending it out in 
emails? Are you putting on your Instagram story? Are you taking one minute edits and putting that out there on social media? But also, are you using it to send to potential clients in your business to help them solve a problem? So for instance, hey, I know that you're working on this big project, or I know that you have a new product coming out. I just did an interview with Susie Jones, the CEO of X Corporation. And I think that there are a lot of potential solutions in the interview we had. I thought you might enjoy it. Wow. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> I honestly, that's amazing. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it. You can send the interview, actually the downloaded interview to your guests and say, here, this is my gift to you. You can mm -hmm. use it on your website so that people can learn more about you. You can think of potential people you want to do business with and have them come on the show. So it's like, how many uses can you take this podcast and expand them for so many possibilities? Right. That one effort turning into a lot of amazing outcomes, really. Yes. So yes. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, what is something that I didn't ask that maybe you want to share with everybody? Well, I think that I don't know what the statistics are right now, Tiffany, but I was told John Lee Dumas came on my show some time back and he has a big podcast, very popular podcast. And he told me back then that the average was when people did a podcast, they did it for seven episodes and quit. Pod fade. <laughs> There's an actually word. Yeah. For it. So I don't know what the average is now because that was a few years ago, but it's like with anything, anything mm -hmm. that you do, whether you're learning trapeze, whether you're learning bowling, whether you are trying to be a classical piano, scaling your business, it's the consistency over time. Mm. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So if you decide you want to do this, commit to it for the long haul and know that you may not be getting traffic for some time. Even Gary Vaynerchuk said when he did Wine Library early 2000s, maybe earlier, I don't remember when he did that, but he didn't have any viewers, but he just kept showing up. And that's really what success is all about. You just keep showing up and don't do it for the quick results. Do it to transform your life mm. and to transform other people's lives. I love that. I love it. Yeah, he has quite a phrase for it, but it's just you got to learn how to enjoy the process, the doing of the things enough to overcome not seeing exactly what you want beyond because we all get tired of it in fact we are intentionally releasing seven episodes on day one just to like we are not faded <laughs> like yeah. we will have episode eight the very next week <laughs> i do think it's probably an older statistic but whatever it's published and i think just having a plan to overcome it because as entrepreneurs so much of what we do goes unnoticed for a long time and so yeah. just like you said, just stick with it and be consistent and do it. So I do have one more question. I believe it's one of the most important questions of the whole show, although all the rest of them was, were amazing. But as you probably know, because you've been on my show before, I love good food. What is your favorite restaurant and what do you order when you go there? 
Oh my gosh. Well, we just took a road trip up to, we drove up the coast of California towards Northern California and we stopped in Santa Barbara and there is a ranch there called San Ysidro Ranch. And there's a winery on the property as well. It is absolutely beautiful. And there's a restaurant on the property called Stonehouse. And okay. it's outside and it is under these glorious, beautiful trees. And they're all lit up with these twinkly lights. So it's just so magical. Oh, man. And there's a fireplace out there. And the food is absolutely extraordinary. And my husband had steak Diane, which I hadn't had since I was a kid. That was amazing. And we had bananas flambe. Ooh. Or they flame it and the whole thing at your table. So I was full for about a week (laughs) after that meal, but we were just up there and celebrating our anniversary this month. Oh, well, happy anniversary. It sounds beautiful. (laughs) It really is. If you get a chance, it's an experience. It's not something that you go to every weekend, but for a special occasion, it's really worth it. Really special. Mm -hmm. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Tiffany, for having me on the show. Of course. And you gave us some really good takeaways, especially when it comes to scaling a business as well as just the power of podcasting. I really loved your tip about sending an episode to a client or potential client with specific tips or ideas on something that they're struggling with. So I think everybody's got a lot of really great things that they can take away from our time together. And thanks so much to everyone who's listening. Thank you to our outstanding team. And remember, the best is really yet to come. Ready, go!